I'm Ben Green. I'm Hannah Green. This is Grown Up Questions. On today's episode... Flakiness. You flake, your friends flake. How should you feel about it, and what should you do about it? Hannah examines one of her friendships for healthy flaking. And Ben repents for past flakiness crimes. From my womb to my tomb, I guess I'll always be... I did a lot of research in preparation, and every article I read always had a cover photo that was like some aloof, pretty blonde girl with her hand resting on her cheek, looking disgustedly at the camera, like, eh... And the article's always like, why you should ditch your toxic, flaky friend. It seems like grown-up people don't flake on their friends. Like, it is a toxic, childlike thing. But then at the same time, I think, like, I I do flake on certain friends and and they flake on me. And I actually feel like we don't have a toxic relationship. So I'm not really sure that I buy that flakiness is this super bad, toxic, horrible thing. But then when I do think about it, I do think, like, it's probably not a mature thing. It's like pollution. You may want the thing, but you don't want the pollution, but maybe the pollution's, you know, unavoidable. (laughs) You want to drive, but you you don't want pollution. But you don't want the exhaust, but you need the exhaust if you want to drive the car. So in this case, what's the car and what's the pollution? The car is the friendship. Okay, but pollution just comes out of the car. Like, flakiness just happens with friendship. The more you drive the friendship... The more flakiness occurs. The more likely it is that you'll have an event that some person or the other can't attend after all. Yeah, certainly mathematically, the friends that I see the most probably flake on me the most or I flake on them the most because we simply have the most plans. Right. One would imagine that there is a version of the world where you just make the plans that you plan to go on and that you are a schedule master. It's not possible to be on top of your whole schedule and you're not really supposed to scheduling is aspirational Mm, ambitious scheduling is aspirational when you say like here's what i'm gonna do today that's an aspiration that doesn't mean that that's definitely what you're gonna do today okay yeah although i think that the way that you think of it as aspirational is ambitious more so than a lot of people like (laughs) i think that if you have 10 hours in the day you may plan for 12 hours worth of things Yeah, that's fair. And then I do end up sort of naturally flaking on things. But I think that it's a natural part of friendship. The friends that I'm the closest to flake on me a lot because they know that it's safe because I still love them and they still love me. And there's no doubt that that's the truth. With your closest friends, I would say that that is true. That said, I have heard you say to me that like, I have this flaky friend and I'm going to hang out with them tomorrow, but I might just flake on them. But it's almost like this uh, retribution. Oh, okay. And you're talking about, I mean, these might be the people who the articles are referring to, the toxic, flaky person. Well, I mean, look, when I have a plan, I try to stick to it. And if I can't stick to it, uh, I make sure that there's a very good reason. And I reschedule with the friend. It's just hard when you have acquaintances. Acquaintances flake on each other more than friends do basically what you're saying is that you have two categories of flakiness and it's flakiness with people who you truly care about and flakiness with people who you are not sure if you care about right well because look two acquaintances are going to want to hang out every once in a while that's what it means to be an acquaintance like you hang out every once in a while and when you hang out it's a kind of a one-time thing and you're happy to see each other but it doesn't mean that you are super close friends So when you flake on each other... I think when you flake on each other as two acquaintances, what you're basically saying is, my gut is telling me no. 
after I think, all. Yeah, I think you're saying like, okay, well, I look. No you on only this. Have no, no on, on you. This. Yeah, no on you. Like you only have so much time in your life, and you can't be yes on everyone. But when you flake on a close friend, you're saying this is a person who you do care about, and this person, you're never going to not reschedule. Not rescheduling is your way of saying goodbye. I'm a big believer in transparency. You should be honest with people about how you feel about them. And if you don't have time for them, you should try to be honest with them about that. Really? Well, like, if you don't have time for... That sounds horrifying. If you don't have... if Like, if you don't have time for an acquaintance, you don't have to be like, I never have time for you ever again. But you do have to be like, hey, this is a really busy time for me. I'm not sure when I'm going to be available. Um, but, you know, I'll reach out to you in a few months or let's try to connect in a few months. That's brave. I just think it's the best way to do it. It's really shitty to sort of wonder. And now I'm trying to think of people in my text message thread who I'm like leaving hanging to be very honest with people who I don't actually want to hang out with if they're like hey do you want to come with me to Oktoberfest and it's May and I already know that I don't want to go with them to Oktoberfest then the answer is silence (gasps) no silence is bad silence is mean silence is communicative silence is that's you're the type of person who ghosts people aren't you this is a topic for a different day. We actually do have a ghosting conversation coming up. We have an episode about it coming oh, up. Oh, good. Okay, because we need to talk about that. Yes, but back back to flaking. Flaking is a little different than ghosting because it's sort of like saying, I made a plan. I, at some point in time, I committed to this, and now I don't really want to do it. I personally find flaking to be very painful and a miserable experience. But I think that for you, you see it as something that's healthy, and I just I'm having trouble buying that. Like I need proof. Okay, well, I don't see it as something that's healthy, but I see it as something that is in it's okay if you have a healthy relationship. Like, for example, I have a friend. We have a very loving, healthy relationship. And I would say that we flake on each other a fair amount, probably. Like, she strikes me as the friend who I depend upon the most for keeping plans. And yet, I think we do flake quite a lot. Well, I would love to know how she feels about the whole flaking thing. About me flaking on her? And about her flaking on you. A, a funny story to tell you later related to flakiness, but I, I, it's important that it be kept anonymous. <laughs> um, is this actually this is Lizzie Fox. She's a dear friend of about four years, and I believe that we have perfected healthy flaking. We actually did have a number of schedule changes just for this interview moment. We did. Uh, I think the best thing about scheduling a date with you is, um, and I I have a feeling you would say this too, is that uh, we approach our calendars in a similar way. Yeah. Um, So as soon as the idea of a date comes up, I have my agenda book pulled out. Yes. And I'm looking at the week. And um, (laughs) even if there is a chance that it may not work on a particular day, I'll let you know the exact parameters of my availability for a certain day. Um, Like maybe this won't pan out, but... uh, But it could. But it could. How did you become this scheduling person who, like, pulls out your calendar right away? You know what? Something interesting that we both have in common, actually, is that we both were uh, executive assistants to artistic directors of nonprofit theater organizations. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
that really helped us a lot with our scheduling prowess. Yeah, I think that because that was basically my first job out of college. That was my kind of entrance into adulthood and the realm of pure scheduling. And uh, that made my, my scheduling brain work in a certain way. So I think the things that we do similarly are the minute, yeah, the minute that an idea comes up, we pull out the calendar, we give options, we give the parameters around those options, we Mm -hmm. give a time and a date and a place or potential place. Right. Exactly. A a neighborhood. A neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I could meet you Tuesday night after therapy (laughs) around 9, 9, 15, ideally in Crown Heights. Exactly. And that makes it a yes or no. Or when you would say, no, that won't work, but here's three options that would work Uh for me next week. Yeah. Which is just bliss because it just means that we're actually going to get this thing on the calendar. Right, right, exactly. The other main category of scheduling a friend date is like, hey, I'd love to see you soon. Yes, let's hang out soon. Yeah, I know. End of conversation. End of conversation. (laughs) I just like, what that's really saying is I like you. I want you to know that I like you. Uh I still like you despite us not seeing each other. And we're probably not going to see each other and I'll still like you then. Right. Do you flake out on things that aren't me? <laughs> um, yeah. Are you kidding me? Just to set the record straight, I feel like embarrassed to be having this conversation with you on some level because I'm sure that there are like a, a near multitude of people who, if they were listening to me, like being right. brought onto my friend's podcast. Like, you are so flaky. <laughs> what is this? What is this right. bullshit where you're staying with Hannah's plans, but you're not, but you're totally flaking out on our plans. Oh no. Yeah. And I think the reason I, I want to be not flaky with you is the mutuality of the relationship, but also the way that we schedule. And from day one, we established a pattern of reliability. That's right. Um, and like at the the very beginning of our friendship, we both really strove to give exact dates, as we were saying, and meet those dates and follow follow them precisely. And even yeah. if that's kind of fallen to the wayside now, sometimes, occasionally, for sure, it doesn't matter. Yeah, as much. That's right. Because now, if we're not perfect about it. We have enough of a track record of times when we were good about it and we did end up having a date even though we rescheduled three or four times. Yeah. We still had a date. Exactly. And I think for me, it comes down to trust. I find myself most inclined to flakiness when the other person has set a standard of flakiness themselves. Right. Right. Have you ever... And is it all right to confront somebody about being flaky with you? I don't know if I have ever done that, but I've definitely thought about it with a couple different people, um, especially if the relationship was of some great value to me. But do I do that? No. Is it because of self-doubt? Yes. (laughs) It's interesting because I guess I'm a little bit more passive about this. I kind of think that people are always teaching you who they are. I'm sure that I have taught people who I am unknowingly, you know, by my actions, and I have to pay the consequences of who I am, and and they may pay the consequences of who they are, and that's not a problem. People will have authentic levels of participation in each other's lives, you know, based on what is meant to be. 
So I guess I'm a more of like a meant to be person. I'm like, well, if we're not hearing from each other a lot, maybe it's not we don't want to hear from each other a lot. That's okay. It doesn't matter. We we could still like know each other. There's no anger. It's just a matter of priorities and about not having enough time in life to mm. be best friends with everyone that you've ever met. I'm so not like that at all. For some reason, that phrase, people will teach you who they are, makes me really nervous because I just shiver thinking about the quote-unquote lessons I've taught people yeah, about yeah, myself. Too. It's hard to think about. Let me tell you about the flaky thing that I did t- relating to tonight, yes. though, um, which is that I had dinner plans with a friend I haven't seen in a really long time, and then when you contacted me, I canceled on her. Oh, no. I told her that you know, something had come up. Wow. Yeah, that's that is not my relationship with flakiness at all. You you have a very different relationship with flakiness. That's true. What what is so difficult for you about all of that? I have a very emotional relationship with flakiness. I I hate it. Like I, I have a deep passion about it. And I am of the opinion that those things that you hate most in other people are the things that you hate most about yourself oh yeah so i hate it when other people flake on me i feel miserable i feel like lonely i feel like they're unreliable i i don't know necessarily if i feel like they don't like me but i just i feel like i can't trust them i have questions about my own reliability my own ability to be there for other people or finish things and so when i flake on other people i feel like it reflects on my poor character. It it becomes something much more symbolic ultimately. Well, have you ever have you ever flaked on a friend? I usually go way out of my way to not flake on someone. I would drag my sick and tired body across town to get to wherever it needs to be in order to not flake on someone. However, I do have this one friend who he and I were working on a creative project. Like he and I were going to write sketches to one another and we were also going to send each other celebrity impressions that we were trying to perfect. <laughs> and he kept sending me stuff and I kept saying that I was going to send him a thing and then never got around to putting the thing together and I just kind of stopped responding to him ultimately and uh, we've we've maintained a social relationship but there's always been this kind of open wound about that failed creative relationship yeah so you guys haven't talked about it no no maybe we should you're like one of the most flaky people I know really yeah this is comedian Harris Alterman. I've known him since I was three years old. Full disclaimer, so that this interview doesn't ruin my reputation. We are talking about an incident that took place two years ago, and this interview took place one year ago. Since we had this conversation, it actually fixed a few things in our relationship. And Harris and I have creative projects going. But in the spirit of growing up and in full transparency, here is my public shaming. Have I flaked out on things where we were going to hang out? You know what? That doesn't know. Maybe you have once, but it's not like a memorable thing. I'm like, oh, Ben always flakes on that. It's mostly around project stuff. I mean, I feel like the first thing that we tried to do was, it was a while ago. Hopefully you remember this. We decided it would be fun to try and like learn impressions. Do you remember that? I do remember that. I remember you sent me an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. Yes, we were each going to learn impressions and send them to each other and work on them. So I remember I sent you an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression and you didn't send me anything. At all. And it, so it's a little weird to send someone of you doing Arnold Schwarzenegger and they don't respond. And you're like, was it so bad? First off, I just want to tell you, it was really bad. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what happened on my end while I was doing that. I practiced like a Michael Caine impression for a, a while in, that I was going to respond to that 
Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh-huh. I practiced it, and I was like, oh, this sucks. I just can't send this to Harris. And then I just, like, got too anxious about it and didn't send it. I feel like that's a lot of flakiness is people are just – it's just fear. A little, just send it. I sent I you mine, and it was it. not very good. No, you're right. You just send it. And you were – you did tell me at one point, you're like, look, more than anything, I would just rather that you yes, communicate with me. Because no response is bad, but if you just say – I don't have time for this, or I don't want to do it. That's fine. It's just the 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 void of emptiness of no response is not good. Do you have a good way around that? Do you do that? Um, I feel like I just tell people no. Like if someone's like, "Do you want to come to this?" instead of being like, "You know, maybe if I have time, I'll try." I'll just be like, "No, I'm busy. I can't make it." That's awesome. I feel like I've just I've re- I've just learned from my own experiences that is better. And people appreciate that more than like a the 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 maybe or the no response or the no response or the I'll try or the I'll try I'll try sucks yeah just be honest and genuine or if like you do want to try just be like listen I really do want to come to this I have a lot to do but I do I would like to come but I'm gonna let you know it's a maybe so I might not be able to just you know be the genuine about it and people will pick up on that. Do you think that there's a way to properly schedule yourself so that you don't ever have to pull maybe out of the box? No, no, because things are coming up all the time. Life's unpredictable. You got to do this. You got to do this. There's going to be maybe things. That's okay. Like what? Like if a friend invited me to a party or something, but I had on my list of things to do that day, like, oh, I need to still you know, get this work done. I also still need to get some writing in, and I have to hang out with my girlfriend too, and I have like, you know— three hours to pack all that in then you say no because you know you know effectively that like you're going to spend such and such time working such and such time writing and such and such time hanging out with the girlfriend each of those takes an hour in this hypothetical situation yeah but something you know sometimes things take shorter than you think sometimes they take longer you can guess i've held birthday parties or things of that sort where the majority of the answers have been i'll try you know and it's like, how am I supposed to make a dinner reservation or something? <laughs> we got uh, six people coming and seven people who are like, you know, we're just kind of busy, but we'd love to come. Um, maybe. Just get a 13-person table and, like, we'll try and make it. It's Devin's in town and just, you know, the kids. Well, I don't have any friends with kids. No, I don't know anyone named Devin. Do you have friends in your life who are flaky uh, for social outings? You know what? I kind of instituted a policy in my life maybe a couple years ago. I was like, I'm done with flaky people. So if I have a friend who's a big flake, I just don't even talk to them anymore because it's just not worth my time. So why would you keep talking to me? Well, you were flaky about like project stuff. So I stopped trying to do project stuff with you. It's fair. But, you know, we can still be social friends. Yeah. But then I have friends, you know, who aren't in the creative world or anything. And if they're flaky about social stuff, I'm like, well, see you later. It's just not worth the the time and the, you know, it's just not worth, the, I don't know, it kind of makes you feel bad when you message your friend, you think they're your friend and they don't respond and you're like, <sighs> I guess they're not my friend. So just, you know, get rid of them, find another friend. Have you ever, did you ever try and fix flaky people? I tried with you. (laughs) You did. I think that the thing we rail most against in other people is the thing we hate most in ourselves. I hate it more than anything in the world when I flake out on someone. I'm like, I don't want to be this person. I don't want to, like, cause someone who I like emotional pain over something so petty. It's just, like, not 
responding to them, you mm-hmm. know. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry about it. Well, thank you. Yeah, I feel I felt like a piece of shit about that for a long time. Oh, good. <laughs> Does that make you feel better? <laughs> yeah. Why did you keep doing it? Because it happened a couple times. I think that I didn't know what to say about it. But I remember even after I told you what to say once, you did it again. <laughs> You're right. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just wanting whatever the thing is that I make to be the very ultimate best thing. Well, it sounds like you just have a fear of failure. Like what you're make isn't gonna, what you're going to make is not going to be good. It really ultimately has nothing to do with you or what I think about you. It's not like, ugh, I don't want to give that Harris Alterman the time of day. <laughs> Fuck that guy. It's not that. The evidence is in that it's that I have this problem only when it comes to creative ventures. And it's a shame because me and you were on the same comedic wavelength and could write something or make something. And I would love to do that, but I I just don't trust you to respond to my messages. No, and that's fair. Like, and I, I don't, I haven't earned that from you. Yeah. And I understand that. I want to find a way to redeem myself to you. <laughs> okay. What would that look like to you? Um, I don't know. Working on some funny project together and we communicate better. That was very diplomatic because you communicate fine. <laughs> Thank you. I remember we decided <laughs> a time. You had the thing to me at that time. Yep. It was great. I felt great <laughs> getting that thing. I was like, hey, there's that thing. There's that thing. He was going to give I'm worried I'm like too blasé about flakiness. Yeah? Yeah, now you have me thinking, should I be that person who's like super reliable? That every time I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And I really think ahead about what I can actually do. And then I deliver on what I promise. These are ideals to strive for. I mean, in the same way that your schedule is aspirational, you could also aspire for it to be accurate. Yeah, I mean, I would love to aspire for schedule accuracy. I definitely think it's a difficult ideal for anyone. But when it comes to social relationships, being there for friends is, it's a big deal to me. If I'm thinking about growing up into the next version of myself, I'm not saying that I have to be not flaky because it's an immature thing to do. I'm just saying if I, if being a grown up is about being the best version of yourself, then maybe the best version of myself is really conscientious about this. I don't, I don't know the correct answer to this for you. But I have an observation about you, which is that you have said to me enough times for it to be a pattern. I made this plan to go out with this person, but now I'm really tired and I don't want to go. Should I go? And you've asked you've asked me that question and I don't I haven't really known exactly what to advise you on it. But I think that that feeling like you should want to want a social interaction. Yeah. But then when it comes to your visceral, physical, tangible, present experience, you don't actually want that. Right. That's like, that seems to me where your conflict with flakiness usually lies. Well, yeah, I think we don't really know ourselves, right? We think that we don't deserve downtime and that we really should fill all of our time with quote unquote productive things like productively maintaining friendships and acquaintanceships. But I think one of my biggest issues is I don't allow myself to have downtime. And so when I get to a point in the day where I've scheduled an event, 
And I'm just thinking like, oh my God, I don't even know when the next time is I'm going to have downtime. Then I have to go straight to this other thing. And then I have to go back to work the next day. My body is screaming out for like quiet time to just chill and be alone. Flakiness is really just my primal soul screaming out for calm, relaxed, unscheduled time. I wonder how you'll change your life knowing that. I think I'll just assume that fewer plans can happen in a weekend and just hope I live long enough to see everyone. <laughs> yeah. Being the best for other people is a matter of knowing yourself in this way and yeah. knowing your limitations or, or not even that, knowing your values, knowing what you really actually want, not yeah. what you want to want. Yeah. The topic that we really haven't spoken about yet, which is flakiness as an avoidance technique. I mean, people with anxiety often are flaky, like your quote unquote toxic poison friend. I've also read a lot of articles about how you need to forgive that person because they're probably dealing with anxiety and you probably need to have a conversation with them about what's really going on in their lives that's leading them to like struggle. Oh, yeah, definitely. I have a friend who she sort of alters plans just a little bit multiple times before they happen. Like, oh, could we just meet here instead? And oh, could we just meet a little bit later? Or actually, could we just meet a little bit earlier? I know that it's because she's anxious. Probably there's parts of her that are just sort of wanting to cancel the plan and avoid the whole thing. And so I sort of take it as a compliment that she is making the plan anyway and dealing with her anxiety to come see me. And I think the best thing I could probably do for her is be like, hey, you are very flaky with me. Let's talk about it. What goes through your head? What's going on? Yeah, kind of shine some light on that fungus. Yeah, and just be like, what is up? Because I know it's not me. I really do. But it's challenging for me, and I'm also worried for you. And I want to hear how you're doing because it seems like something is really challenging for you when it comes to being somewhere or meeting someone. I mean, my therapist told me the other day that if you're avoiding something or someone, there's probably a good reason. Yeah. And yeah. figuring out what that reason is is really helpful. But I think that yeah. one thing I learned from talking to Harris is that you get a lot of mileage out of just being honest with the people who you truly care about. He was honest with me, and it meant a lot. Getting that that tension out of the air and into the space between us makes made a huge difference, you know? For me, being honest with my friends and honest about what's going on with me, I've, I've never had those friends not say, oh my God, I completely understand and I would feel the same about them. Yeah, flakiness comes down to honesty with yourself and with other people about what you want and what you need. Okay, so when are we going to hang out next? I'm free next Wednesday. Okay, Wednesday, but I got to get my calendar out because I don't want to schedule over you. Okay, me too. You want to pull out your calendar? Well, yeah. I feel just like a child. Yeah, I feel just like a child. Grown Up Questions is researched, produced, and edited by Hannah and Ben Green. Thanks to Lizzie Fox and Harris Alterman for coming on the show today. This is a new podcast, so if you enjoyed it, thank you. Please share it with someone else. Use a link, follow up with them a few days later to see if they clicked on the link. I mean, do your due diligence, people. You can find us on Instagram at Grown Up Questions. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash grownupquestions. Our website is grownupquestions.com. You can email your thoughts, stories, expertise, questions, anything to ben at grownupquestions.com. We're very interested in finding new experts and new perspectives to tackle this lifelong journey of becoming an adult. We'll be in your feed next week. Stay tuned.